0: Welcome to She's Running, the podcast dedicated to talking to women who are running for office locally, nationally, and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson, and I really hope that you cannot hear the garbage trucks that are outside right now. Hey, we have some new lady legislators to celebrate. Last week, Alabamans elected Rolanda Hollis to the Alabama House of Representatives District 58 seat. So She's Running is sending out heartfelt congratulations to Ms. Hollis. And right now in the Gardenia, California mayoral race, votes are still being counted because there are literally dozens of votes separating the top two candidates, both of whom are women. So hang in there, Tasha Serda and Rachel Johnson. One of you will be mayor soon. Next, I want to shout out to the League of Women Voters. This awesome group is really trying to make a difference on so many different fronts. They work on voter protection, where they try to ensure that all eligible voters have the opportunity and the information to exercise their constitutional right to vote. They also work to educate voters on issues that affect people every day, like health care, energy costs, job security, and lots more. Other issues they're committed to are reforming money and politics, protecting the environment, fixing fiscal policy, you know, things that shouldn't be super partisan, but for some reason are. The great thing about the League of Women Voters is that they are both national and local. So there's a national LWV, which you can find at LWV.org, but there are also hundreds of local LWV groups that are meeting and working on local issues. I'm on the LWV site right now looking at local leagues and there are okay there are 27 in Texas so I'm not going to read all those and um, there are wow 24 in Michigan, 36 in New Jersey, 45 in Illinois, 29 in Connecticut, one in Hong Kong which is cool and odd. Um okay, here's uh Alabama cuz we were just talking about Alabama. There are 7 the state of Alabama, and they are the LWV of Alabama, the LWV of Baldwin County, of East Alabama, of Greater Birmingham, of Greater Tuscaloosa, of Mobile, and the LWV of Montgomery. Anyway, go to LWV.org to find a local League of Women Voters group and get involved. There are so many local groups, there's bound to be one uh, just right outside your door. Now let's get to today's interview. I had the great pleasure to talk to Brianna Pierce of New York City about her application to the Manhattan Community Board and her burgeoning run for Congress. Enjoy this. Brianna is awesome. Now I want to introduce today's guest, Brianna Pierce. She is um, not technically running for anything, which is a little bit different for for our podcast, but she has submitted an application to be appointed to a New York City community board. So I wanted to talk to her about that and also your um, upcoming, I guess, uh, run. So if you could just tell us a little bit about what a community board is, because honestly, I'd never heard of it until I saw your post online.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the community boards, at least in Manhattan where I am, they are kind of touted as the most grassroots type of local politics that you can get involved in. So uh, Manhattan as a as a county has 12 community boards. All members of the community board are appointed by the Manhattan Borough mm-hmm. President. So the – I'm not sure how it works in other counties, but this is just Manhattan-specific. Um, and so you have this short – Short application. I think it was four or five questions. You know, what do you wanna? What kind of change do you want to affect? What have you done in your life to try to make positive change outside of the community board? You know, what are your interests? What what committees would you want to be on? Because the community board's broken down into committees such as budget, parks and rec, that kind of thing. Uh, and then you submit it, and I think within a month or two, you're supposed to. If they like your application, get a phone call or an, for an interview, and then the Manhattan Borough president, I guess, conducts his interviews, and then she appoints everybody. Okay. So there's no okay. election, which is which is um, a little bit but different. But
0: they're looking for people who are purposefully active in the community.
1: Yeah, they're looking for people who are willing to – I mean, it's all volunteer. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for people who are willing to spend their own time making the community better. And one thing that Manhattan has really pushed for and that the Manhattan Borough President has pushed for is lowering the age requirement. Mm-hmm. So it used to be 18, but now it's 16. Oh wow. And they wow. did that because they, you know, they're they're looking for more progressive young voices that have a totally different perspective and I mean I really applaud that because it's, you know, I think that's so necessary.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great way for young people to really get their feet into the the process of getting, I guess, you know, technically it's not political, but it kind of is.
1: It really actually is a little, it is political depending on the committee you're on in particular. For example, the budget committee, which I had kind of done some research on was, is, is really political. I mean, they make recommendations on the budget to the mayor. Oh, wow. So, you know, they're really kind of getting their hands dirty in terms of, who needs money, the libraries that need money, the potholes that need to be done. Uh, you know, they work very closely with the city council members. My personal one is Ben Callow, so I know that they, you know, they speak to him about there's a rat problem in the sewer or whatever. So, you know, you're getting that that grassroots politics, which I think is a great place for young people to start. And, in fact, at the State of the Borough Address a few weeks ago, the Manhattan Borough President, Gail Brewer, had a guest speaker was a young woman who, I believe, just turned 18. She's already been on the community board for two years. Wow. So, I mean, that's just incredible to think about the activism that she's going to go through before she even, you know, was able to vote.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so interesting. Yeah. So what drew you to the community board?
1: So, you know, I am preparing for a future 2018 run, and I have never been – I've always – been interested in politics, I've always followed it, but mm-hmm. like many, many people, I've never followed it with the fervor that I have <laughs> post, you know, since the, since the 2016 election, bef- I mean, throughout the election and obviously post. And so I wanted to kind of get my hands dirty in terms of um, really feeling what it's like to be part of that bureaucracy and the politics of everything. So, you know, I was really interested in being on, on the budget committee because it's such a crucial part of all politics, where the money's coming from, and kind of understanding the back channels, I think, is really important. And considering it's a, you know, it's a one-year appointment, it's, it's volunteer, it's not a huge time commitment, you know, you could do it while you're working full-time without mm-hmm. any kind of hesitation. And I think it's just a great way to kind of get your, your feet wet.
0: What's your day job? You know, you mentioned you are able to do this while you're also working. So what's your what's your background?
1: Yeah, so I'm a tax attorney. Um, okay. I do okay. high net worth individual tax planning here in New York City. And um, that's also part of the why I was looking at the budget committee because, you know, kind of pulling in my, my tax background and where things are coming from, the budget of the city, talking to the mayor, things like that, I think would be helpful. So in terms of looking at what kind of committee you want to be on or how you want to engage in the grassroots, I think it is important to look at what your day job is and what your skill sets are and kind of see how that can channel most most directly into activism in, in grassroots politics.
0: Mm-hmm. So what has the process been like for you so far?
1: For the community board application? Yeah. So, I mean, like I said before it was it's pretty simple. So, at this stage, the application I think either just closed. It was supposed to close early February, but they extended the deadline. So, they haven't actually done any of the interviews yet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the application was super easy to fill out. It's you can find it online. You know, I think it took me about an hour to fill it out, and so so far, so good. <laughs>
0: Well, good. Good luck. Thanks. So beyond the community board, what has motivated you to get more active politically?
1: Uh, I mean, this might be cliche, and maybe every person that's going to be on your podcast will say this. <laughs> but the moment, the, the very second that I realized that Donald Trump w- was going to win the election mm-hmm. uh, was such a pivotal moment in my life. I feel like I'm a totally different person because it really, and then couple that, it took me about two days to watch uh, Hillary Clinton's concession speech because I was just so devastated. Same. And when I did, I obviously wept. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, but I was also at the same time so inspired by her words and her strength and And, God, the beating that she has taken her whole Mm -hmm. life fighting for people while also trying to fight for herself and show that women can do anything they set their mind to. And so when she looked into – oh, I'm getting choked (laughs) up. When she looked into the camera and said, never stop fighting. It's always going to be worth it. I mean, hello. Like I felt like she was talking to me and to our generation and to the women who felt so – just, just lost at that moment. Ugh,
0: I'm getting chills over here just <laughs> thinking about it and hear, hearing you with such passion. Yes. It's, oh, it's awesome. I mean,
1: she's incredible. She's an incredible woman and she definitely is quite a shero of mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so have you taken any steps toward getting your campaign going?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So You know, I I think that for people looking to run in 2018 in particular, because right now in 2017, you you know, you have this this uh, extra election Mm -hmm. where, at least in New York, there aren't any there aren't any legislature positions open or up for election. That's every two years. And so it's a little bit early to start. Pushing, uh, announcing my candidacy for that, but I also wanted to capitalize on the amazing groundswell mm-hmm. of activism and just people paying attention and wanting to get involved and feeling more than ever that this is the time to to really, you know, get in there and and have your voice heard. And so I have been looking at all kinds of organizations. First of all, I started with she should run all basically the day of the election. <laughs> And she should run it in such an incredible portal, not only in the incubator and the lessons that they, they have laid out for you, but also in the community and on Facebook. Um, so, you know, I kind of posted things in there every once in a while and someone will be, everyone's just, the women are so encouraging. Mm-hmm. And so every, yeah, it's time, amazing. You know, every time you're battling, oh, uh, I'm so exhausting. This is such a, there's such so a hurdle, you know? You just type, I- I'm having a hard day today. And then she should run incubator group on Facebook. And you know, 300 women are there to say, keep going, keep fighting. We need mm-hmm. you in this race. We're all here supporting you. And that's just incredible. So I've been doing that. And then there are so many offshoots on Facebook, different groups, different organizations. And so I started by just saying, hey, is anyone out there looking to be involved in a campaign but not run for office? Almost immediately, I met a woman named Emily, who is now my campaign manager. Nice. And we connected right away. I mean, she's so enthusiastic and incredible. She really is such a great supporter of, of the cause, and I think we make a great team. And so we have been, over the past month or two, really reaching out to women. We have almost 30 volunteers already. We are actually having our first campaign kind of cocktail team building party um, on Saturday. Just to, you know, we're so far out from the election Mm -hmm. and I don't want people to burn out. I don't want people to get, you know, sick of us. So it's really more about like just female empowerment. I mean, just being in a room of 30 women who all feel and believe and are inspired to get women elected to office, uh, to get progressives elected to office is is amazing and that's been kind of where we're at right now in terms of getting the ball rolling and it's been really great.
0: That's great that you're using this huge wave of momentum that we have going to really power your grassroots campaign and I think it's important yeah. you know even though you're not starting your campaign or like you know announcing your campaign yet but keeping the momentum going that's so important.
1: Yeah absolutely and you know i I, I also have been using a ton of books. I mean, you can find them on Amazon. You know, there's you know the political like campaign handbook or yeah, all kinds yeah. of people telling you how to get elected. And there was one book that I found particularly interesting. It could use an update because I think it was, it, it only covers uh, the Obama-McCain uh, election. That was the <laughs> most recent election it did. But it's called Socially Elected. Uh-huh. And it's about how... Barack Obama changed the game in terms of using social media as a platform. And they compare, I think they said Obama had 19 million hours of views on YouTube compared to McCain's, you know, 1 million. Wow. And just, like they really gave you the statistics and they break it down how important it is to use social media. And so right now, you know, we're seeing Pantsuit Nation, over 3 million women mm-hmm. as a part of it. You know, all of these organizations, and I think it would be, It'd be such a huge, huge missed opportunity not to, you know, use that, use that momentum.
0: Where can people find you if they want to get involved?
1: Okay, so right now, I mean, you can always friend me. Right right now, we haven't set up the, all the campaign finance rules, sorry, I'm kind of backtracking. All the campaign finance rules Mm -hmm. kind of make it difficult to start your campaign before you've gathered, gathered all the signatures and formally, you know, announced. But then it also makes it hard to get those signatures that are announced unless you can build a volunteer base. (laughs) So there is this weird kind of uh, circular pattern that makes it difficult, really difficult, to uh, launch a campaign. So Mm -hmm. right now, people can friend me on Facebook just under my personal name, Brianna K. Pierce. I'm on Twitter at Brianna K. Pierce. On Facebook, it's K-A-Y, and on uh, Twitter, it's just the letter K. And we will be launching our, our website pretty soon. Perhaps by the time this, this podcast airs, we will likely have, have, have gone live on our, our, our website. So maybe I can send you that link once we have the official URL and we can. Yeah, definitely.
0: Connected. We will 100% link to that on the podcast page. Great. So, what about in person? If somebody's local and they want to really start hitting boots on the ground for you?
1: so right now, locally, what we're doing is we're going to have to start canvassing and, and before we can even start getting signatures, which is going to be obviously, you know, they say you need a thousand signatures, is it required? And all of the, I guess, old hens, or however people like to call themselves when they've been in the political game for a long time, <laughs> um, they recommend you know you get at least three times the amount you're supposed to get because you know people move, they're not registered, they are their are addresses illegible, all they they wrote outside the lines. I mean, there are a million reasons to to mix a. Um, a signature, which is why they, you know, they do this kind of three to one rule. So mm, okay. before we even do that, we need to start gathering the information about the district. So, you know, as I'm sure all the listeners are aware, I mean, gerrymandering all these kind of crazy district lines that make no sense. Half the street is, you know, <laughs> half the street is in, half right. the street is out, half of a building is in, the other half is out. I mean, it's really crazy. So, Um, you know, gathering, we need to gather all of the maps and do kind of that, that grassroots things first. And then we will be relying heavily on a volunteer base to kind of get out and get signatures and kind of get the message out. You know, even if we only got, even if we got 3000 signatures, I mean, I would love to get 10,000 signatures because every signature you get is a person who you've spoken to about the campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, if someone wants to get their boots on the ground, that would be a great way to help get that message across.
0: Great. So what are your core issues?
1: So my core issues, and I will admit another one of my shiros is Kamala Harris, the, senator, the new mm-hmm. senator from California. She's absolutely incredible. If anybody uh, isn't following her, I suggest you, you do. Just because beyond the fact that she's an incredible woman, she also is one of those people who will just put out a positive sentiment throughout the day, you know, a positive quote or whatever. And in this day of crazy <laughs> negative energy all the time, it is such a refreshing thing to get a politician to say, like, keep your head up, we're fighting for you. And so, yeah. anyway, that's my Kamala Harris plug. I love her. But <laughs> um, the reason why I brought her up is because I was really inspired by her campaign for Senate. Uh, she was just elected in 2016. And one thing that I liked about her was that, or her, her platform, was that it was really based on equality. And not just women's rights, or which obviously are near and dear to my heart as a woman, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but just equality across the board. And when we, I actually went to Washington, DC for the Women's March and was fortunate enough to hear her speak. And something she said that was so incredible was that, you know, you wanna talk about women's issues, let's talk about healthcare, let's talk about education, let's talk about insurance coverage. And that's something that I think is so crucial is equality for all of those all of those things. So if we want to be an equal society, having equal education is so crucial. In my district that I'll be running for alone, we have one of the richest populations as well as a school district where one in every 10 children is homeless. Wow. So to have that kind of disparity is just It doesn't go away once they graduate from high school, if they can graduate from high school. You know, Mm -hmm. one woman in in an article I read said, you could have a genius in one of these poor neighborhoods and one of these terrible schools, but they can't succeed if they are starving. So addressing this equality across the board is really where I'm coming from. And so the platform that we're building is almost like a pinwheel, right? With Mm -hmm. equality being the center point and then going out from there to education equality, access to equal food, you know, food deserts in South Bronx are, are a real thing. Um, equality for LGBT people and protecting transgender rights to use whatever bathroom they want to use. You know, all of these things of equality are kind of where we're coming from. Um, and that's, you know, that's where we're, that's where we're headed.
0: Well, it sounds great. I'm, I love your enthusiasm. I love how excited you are to jump in this political... (laughs) mess that we've got
1: yes i mean i was listening to a podcast this morning uh i don't know if you've heard of it uh, pod save america it's oh love amazing it's so amazing (laughs) it's an incredible podcast yes and they were talking about you know you shouldn't run for office if you are afraid to lose Mm -hmm. because at the very least the incumbent that i'll be running against has run unopposed in the democratic primary for 12 years that's six terms nobody has challenged him wow and you know he he did not feel the need though he represents new york city he did not feel the need to march the women's march that had over half a million people in new york city Mm -hmm. he hasn't spoken out against the the muslim ban and i i asked myself you know if he's not willing to stand up for our rights what gives him the right to stay in office Exactly. And, you know, that's been one of my big problems. Is Some people say, you know, what? why would you run against somebody who's already a Democrat? You know, if 2016 has shown us anything, it's that it's not about getting a Democrat elected. It's about having the right Democrat in office, the one who's enthusiastic, the one who's willing to go the extra mile, fight the good fight, whether or not that if that means they don't get elected a second term let's stop calling our elected officials politicians and start calling them public servants, which is what they are. (laughs) They should be serving the public. And, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and your elected officials not doing that, then, you know, run at the very least, you will inspire them to start working a little bit harder for their constituents.
0: Yeah. And just answer some of these tough questions. Like, why aren't you speaking out? Why aren't you doing these things? Yeah.
1: Where are you? You know, where are you? And, and, Especially on a state level, I think people say, well, you know, this is this is a federal, the federal government is doing this. Trump is doing this. This doesn't mm-hmm. affect New York law. But particularly, I feel like if for every law that Trump strips away, New York senators and legislature should be putting that in place tenfold. You mm-hmm. know, if, if he want to take away the protection for transgendered people to use the bathroom of their choice the new york senators he should be introducing a bill that protects that and if he's not then you know in my book he's not doing a good job
0: i love it (laughs) good (laughs) (laughs) well you are uh, this is going to sound condescending but i don't mean it at all you are a breath of fresh air i love how excited you are yeah it's amazing good
1: (laughs) i mean it's gonna be a long road this excitement's gonna last a while
0: It is. And I will be watching your campaign closely. Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Anything else you want to mention here? Any last,
1: I guess, words of advice for other people who might be thinking about uh, whether or not they should run if they're listening to this podcast? I feel like last night I told a friend I'm running for office and he said, why? Why are you doing this now? And I said, why not? Ugh, you know, yes. why not? Because I'm 28 years old, I'm smart, I'm a female, and I have a young, new perspective that people should listen to. And so, <laughs> you know, that's I think that's it. If you're you're scared of you're not sure whether or not you should do this, ask yourself why not, and then do it.
0: Yeah, I'm a firm believer that our representatives actually need to be representative of the people there in office for yes absolutely well thank you for talking to me thank you this has been great thank you I really hope that you enjoyed that interview as much as I did I'm so energized and excited now I feel like I just got to get out and go do something thank you again to my guest Brianna Pierce you can find her on Facebook at Brianna K Pierce that's K-A-Y, and on Twitter at Brianna K Pierce, and that one's just the letter K. Thanks for listening to She's Running. I'm Emily Jackson, and I'd love to hear what you think of our show. Give me a shout on Twitter at She's Running Pod. If you are enjoying the show, tell your friends. Please rate, review, and subscribe to She's Running on iTunes. That helps other people find out about this podcast, and the more people listening means more people hearing about these amazing women that I'm talking to. That's the whole point, right? You can find She's Running on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at She's Running Pod. Follow us, like us, share, and retweet. Next week, I've got a great interview with my guest Erin Upchurch from Columbus, Ohio. You will not want to miss this episode. Erin is pretty freaking awesome. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks. Talk to you soon.